the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt. Our podcast is sponsored by Alliance Defending Freedom. ADF provides help at no cost to those whose liberty is being violated, but they can't do it without your help. Call 800-691-8969. That's 800-691-8969. Or visit townhallreview.com. And it's a delight uh, to welcome to the airwaves of Phoenix author and syndicated columnist Michelle Malkin, who has a great column out on um, the Oberlin case that we talked about so much last week. I couldn't uh, I couldn't pass up the opportunity to uh, talk to Michelle. She knows the Oberlin situation very well. She is a graduate of Oberlin. Michelle, welcome back to the airwaves of Phoenix. Thank you, Seth. We, uh, we're delighted, too, that you're going to be joining us for an event here in September, and we'll talk more about that later. We haven't announced it just yet, but I wanted to uh, just lay that bookmark down. You end your column, Michelle, uh, on, a, on, a, on a great note, something I've been talking about for a long time. Defund the divisive defamers of American higher education. It's the only way they'll learn. This is a substantial judgment that by all accounts, this wonderful family that has owned this bakery in um, in in the in the college town of Oberlin has uh, has has received for the defamation, for the libel and slander that they um, were subjected to. Do you think it's going to have any kind of effect on Oberlin or on higher education generally? One would hope that the uh, the the folks involved with uh, these these race mongering cases in higher education would take note of this. See, Oberlin seems to be pushing back and wanting to appeal. What's your ultimate sense of how this will run? Things have not changed since I graduated from Oberlin in 1992. And over the years, I have documented case after case of racial hoaxes uh, in which administrators, faculty, student activists, agitators have slimed and smeared innocent people. And in a lot of cases, what happens is is minorities, um, people of, of color who are nursing uh, whatever various grievances that they have absorbed on campus uh, to indict white people and uh, the entire race. And that's what happened with the Gibson family in the incident that led to this uh, phenomenal judgment. But it it had happened before, and there were never any consequences for it. And as long as there are no consequences, this type of behavior by administrators who were in the middle of the maelstrom of protests on behalf of thuggish student shoplifters uh, who had accused the Gibson family of racially profiling them, um, when in fact they were the ones that were responsible for um, inflicting physical harm on uh, David Gibson, who had a- apprehended one of the black students who um, had shoved a, a bottle of wine uh, under his jacket and tried to run away. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we've seen racial hoaxes like this on campus, hate crime hoaxes, um, over the last two decades, mm-hmm. a quarter century, I've been blogging about and documenting these cases. Many of them I 
um, had chronicled in uh, a book I wrote in 2006 called Unhinged. Right. In fact, Seth, I went back to the Oberlin campus uh, for a Reagan lecture. I uh, remember a not, few years back. Believe yes. it or not. Yeah. <laughs> yes, right. the, you know, the, the half dozen college Republicans there um, sponsored a, a, a lecture series, and that was in 2006. Right. And guess what the topic of my speech was? You can actually watch it on, on C-SPAN. I posted it on Facebook. Um, the topic was hate crime hoaxes. Mm-hmm. And the it, it, this multi-culty cult that has bred um, several generations of these activists who um, make these knee-jerk claims and get away with it. And so what's happening now? Well, there's a couple of things. You know, this, this made huge international news in the past couple of weeks. People are going to forget about it. But what I'm hearing uh, from Oberlin insiders, and I still have a lot of connections uh, on uh, the campus and in town, is that the, the college continues to double and triple down in uh, treating the family very shoddily, and they're defiant. Um, I've received many alumni uh, missives from the president, from the general counsel, vowing uh, to, to continue this battle and this war on the Gibsons. And um, and and I, I have a lot of fears, and I know a lot of other alumni do. I quoted one in my column today that's at my website um, that – that this is going to do permanent damage to Oberlin. I mean, we were already the laughing stock. Um, in 2013, one of the most notorious hate crime hoaxes blew up in the campus's face. Uh, there was a, a, a student who alleged that a, a KKK member had been spotted on campus, and it turned out after the police investigated, the local police investigated there, and I got a hold of the police report and publicized it, that in fact it was just a, a female student walking around with a blanket around her shoulders. Yeah, yeah, of course, <laughs> of course, right. Meanwhile, where the real case is with the governor of Virginia, you hear nothing, right? Because yes. it, it does take yes. it Very does point, right. Point. It does it does take a certain partisan affiliation to be inoculated from this sort of thing, which is really the sickness of this, isn't it? It is, and you know the the, the campus of Oberlin, um, which is often fondly or unfondly referred to as the Berkeley of the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Is you not is not unique in this respect no. of of breeding this race obsession. Um, when I was on campus, uh, I was involuntarily put in a, a dormitory that was called Asia House, mm-hmm. and somehow <laughs> yeah. some administrators and faculty presumed that because um, I was of Filipino heritage that I'd have anything at all in common with third or fourth generation Chinese or Japanese Americans from the West Coast who had the opposite political ideology and upbringing that I did. But, you know, that's the kind of apartheid that we've seen on college campuses for years now. And getting back to the final line of of my column, uh, you know, I think that I'm I'm hoping that what we see are are more kinds of battles like this in court where victims of racial smears um, do try to, to get their day in court, and there are fair juries out there. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, there are things that, that parents and, and donors um, and families can do, and, and that is to, you know, completely boycott these kinds of campuses. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in the place, and I know a lot of alumni uh, parents and other prospective parents of, of college-age students are, where the idea that going to college is a ticket to success is, is something that no longer exists. Right. You know, and the idea of, of uh, uh, recommending a, a trade or vocational uh, school to, to our students is 
you know, probably the first line of defense. Yeah, I think so. Or, or look at schools that actually share, sh- share serious educational values. By the way, we're talking to Michelle Malkin, her website, michellemalkin.com. I also think, uh, Michelle, when it comes to the public schools, um, you know, I think, I, I, you know, Republican governors should take note of these things, too. They have a lot of power. I think you're right to say that alumni have a lot of power. They should not be giving money to these schools and these institutions based on their fond memories when they don't represent the values that they hold. They should think about giving their money maybe perhaps to an inner city school, you know, a K through 12 school that's doing good at work in the uh, in the in the urban centers, but not these colleges that are outwardly violating all notions of uh, of uh, of justice. Um, but the governor should take note when they appoint, you know, their boards of regents and boards of trustees. People often forget. I like to remind when Reagan became governor in California in 1967, one of his first acts was firing the leftist regents at the University of California system. And I, I, I hope Republican governors take this kind of thing seriously because it's something they can do, too. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, of course, you know, the larger problem here in education has been one of my hobby horses ever since I started in the journalism business sure. in Los Angeles in 1992 is um, the focus really does have to be to begin at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's it's wonderful that we have many organizations out there that are focused on on reforming um, the, the college and, and and university problems, but uh, you know it's, it's a very heavy lift. It, it is, but the thing is that once this, especially this this about the white privilege idea mm-hmm. and the social justice warriors and the seeping of of those principles into um, secondary, elementary and secondary curriculum and the testing. You know, the, the, the types of people that uh, run insane asylums like Oberlin are now the types of people that are in charge of the yep. college board and designing yep. the uh, advanced placement tests yep. and SAT. Um, and what are we doing with K through 12? Well, we're grooming all of those kids now to take those tests and give the right or rather left answers. Yeah, you're right. You just create a, 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 a vicious cycle here, which is uh, which leads to the answer you, you, that you have, I think, you know, uh, disengage and go to ancillary institutions, whether it's a STEM kind of program that you're talking about or whether it's a college, perhaps like Hillsdale. Hillsdale's going to have to expand, I fear, <laughs> as these things. Larry Arn's going to need a new campaign. But, Michelle, you're great. And uh, I know I know how busy you are, but I, I read your column and I, and I love the idea of someone from Oberlin t- talking truth to Oberlin. And I really appreciate your time with us. We'll look forward to welcome you here in September, too. Can't wait. Thanks, Seth. Hey, thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt. Our podcast is sponsored by Alliance Defending Freedom. ADF provides help at no cost to those whose liberty is being violated, but they can't do it without your help. Call 800-691-8969. That's 800-691-8969. Or visit townhallreview.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.